Welcome to The God Solution, where we discuss answers to humanity's questions about God and God's answers for humanity's questions. I'm Nate Herbst, and I'm really glad you're listening. Today we're going to be talking about a super intense issue. So if you have any young ones in the room, I'd suggest that you divert their attention elsewhere. The topic that we're going to be discussing is that of sexual slavery. It's a problem that exists in many different countries of the world, but it's one that is particularly bad in Cambodia. Right now, my wife is in Cambodia working with girls that have been rescued from the sex slavery industry, if you can even call it an industry. We're going to do a Skype interview with them and see kind of what they've been seeing in a few minutes. First of all, I wanted to say hi to Vani and Soka Yos, two dear friends that I've known since as far back as I can remember. They both escaped the Khmer Rouge and the killing fields of Pol Pot. I've known them most of my life, and I'm proud to call them friends, and I am so glad that you escaped and that you're here in the United States. I also wanted to make a mention of Agape International. It's the ministry that my wife is working with over there. So before we go any further, I wanted to start by sharing a few statistics on this issue. It's a problem that exists across the globe. As many as one in four girls is sexually abused by the time that they are 18, and as many as one out of six boys is as well. 10% of high school girls and 5% of high school boys have been forced into sex at some point in their lives. That's a terrifying statistic. 25% of girls have been pressured within the last year into having sex against their will. And as far as sex trafficking goes, the statistics are unbelievable. It is estimated that 150,000 sex slaves exist right here in our country right now. Unbelievable that in a country like our own, there could be this injustice happening right around the corner. The U.S. government thinks that nearly 300,000 youth are at risk for being trafficked. In 2006, there were 1,600 youths arrested for prostitution, 14% of those were under the age of 14. There's even a report out that says that between 14,500 and 17,500 victims are trafficked into the United States for sex slavery every single year. And the CIA hypothesizes that that number is much higher, approaching 50,000 victims. Across the globe, there are about 1.2 million children trafficked every year. That doesn't include the many millions that are already in captivity. Those are just the ones being introduced into this tragedy every single year. According to UNICEF, every two minutes, a child is being sexually exploited. And in the past 30 years, there have been 30 million children who have been sexually exploited. It's estimated that there are over 12 million adults that are in bondage to some form of slavery. And it is also thought that there are nearly one and a half million children that are in sex slavery. This is a terrible tragedy. 56% of all the human slaves across this world are women and girls. And 40 to 50% of the people in all forms of slavery are children. And the market of human trafficking is valued at over $30 billion. This is a tragedy that is not going away. There have been gains made in many countries, including our own, as far as the slavery issue. Unfortunately, though, the reality is that slavery continues across this planet today. 
And some of the slavery that continues across this planet is sexual slavery. And this is the type of slavery that my wife has gone to actually do something about. I am so proud of you, Aaron. I'm so proud of you, Laura, and the rest of the team for taking a stand and actually putting your convictions into action and going where very few have gone. I'm also thrilled about Don Brewster and Agape International for actually doing such an amazing work with the girls that are over there and rescuing them from their lives of entrapment to sex slavery. So as we begin talking about this issue and specifically how it's developed in Cambodia, I also wanted to give a brief history of Cambodia because it's extremely tragic all that this country's been through. Cambodia is a country in southeastern Asia. It borders the Gulf of Thailand, and it sits between Thailand, Vietnam, and Laos. Its capital is Phnom Penh. The population is 13.6 million people, and the religion there is predominantly Buddhist. The language is Khmer. You could look that up on Wikipedia and find a lot of that yourself. Anyway, the recent history in this country has been tragic. Going back to the 1800s, Cambodia was in the middle of wars with neighboring countries and kingdoms. They finally asked the French to get involved and support them in 1854. After that, France pretty much controlled the country for nearly a century. During that time, in the mid-1900s, Japan took control of many different parts of Cambodia, and there was a lot of conflict during those times as well. The French control still persisted, though, until 1955, when Cambodia achieved its independence from France. In the 60s, the communists began infiltrating the country and trying to establish a government presence in Cambodia. The U.S. in 1969 began secretly bombing Cambodia. It's something most of us have never even heard. And we continued that until about 73. So for about four years, the United States was fighting the communists that were in Cambodia, at least bombing the country. In 1973, the United States withdrew from Cambodia as the Khmer Rouge began to gain power in the country. On April 17th of 1975, Pol Pot took power and proceeded over the next four years between 1975 and 1979 to murder 25% of Cambodia's population as he sought to establish a Cambodian communist country. My friends Vani and Soka Yos both escaped the killing fields of Cambodia and of Pol Pot that occurred during those four years. In 1979, the Vietnamese took control of the country, forcing Pol Pot into hiding, but the Khmer Rouge continued attacks on the country until the early 90s. It wasn't until the early 90s that the country actually began to experience freedom. They held elections in 1993. There was a lot of turmoil during those years. Pol Pot was put under house arrest, but he died under house arrest in 1998. He never got brought to trial for the atrocities that he committed in that country. The country has gone back and forth politically since the beginning of the 90s, but a bright spot in this country's history is the fact that finally, in the last year, some of the members of the Khmer Rouge that perpetrated these atrocities, that killed 25% of their countrymen, are finally being brought to justice. In July of last year, 2010, the first member of the Khmer Rouge that was a part of these atrocities was put on trial and convicted for war crimes and crimes against humanity. And since then, several other leaders of the Khmer Rouge have also been indicted. 
So with that brief history of sex trafficking in Cambodia, I wanted to switch now to this Skype interview with my wife, Erin, and Laura Crocus, who's leading this team. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. We're doing great. It's great having you on today. Tell us where you're at right now. We just got done with the day, and we are just sitting here on the rooftop in Cambodia. We're in Phnom Penh, which is the capital city of Cambodia. So tell me, what's it like in Cambodia? What's the country like? What are you seeing and smelling, and what are you experiencing there on the ground? Well, the weather's hot and humid, <laughs> and apparently it's the rainy season right now. I haven't seen it rain much, though. <laughs> but apparently the weather is cool for Cambodians, which is a unique experience. The traffic is about the craziest thing you'll ever see. A lot of mopeds. There's no rules, really. You just kind of go where you need to go and try not to hit other people. And they'll stick their whole family on a moped. Someone's off five people, you know, all these little babies on a moped. The food is amazing here. It's got some French influence, which is kind of interesting. There's a lot of French bread, and I think that's just from when Cambodia was at one time a colony of France. So there's some little bit of French influence. Yeah, but the food is excellent. The fruit is amazing. We had one of my favorite fruit that I remember from my trip to Thailand a few years ago. It's called a mangosteen. And Laura, what is it that you are doing specifically on this trip? Uh, we're working with a ministry called Agape International Missions, and they work with victims of sex trafficking, little girls who have been tricked and sold into brothels and rescued out, and they provide aftercare for them and try to restore them back into the community. A lot of prevention by working with the community that these girls are coming from. They opened up a community center where they do a lot of teaching and other types of training. They also do a gym where they hope to get some of the, the men that are a part of this industry in there to help to change them and to encourage them to come to faith in Christ and then work with them to make a better living, you know, make a living that isn't using uh, young girls. There's also a school that they have. It's a Christian school, and they're wanting it to be the best school in Cambodia, but it teaches all, you know, English as well as math and, you know, all the things that for little kids ages um, 5 to 17, so we'll be working in there too. Have you been able to meet any of the girls that have been rescued from this yet? Yeah, today we went and threw a party for them and met 56 girls today that were rescued. The ages range from 8 years old to 18 years old. They were saying that the youngest girl that has come through their door was 6. Youngest was six in the home. Yeah. They know a girl's young as three. That is so sad. Unbelievable. So how bad is it? What is it really like? The director of the ministry, his name is Don Brewster, he does a lot of undercover work to try to expose what's happening. And he went to Siam Reap because he's trying to open up a center in Siam Reap, which is another major city here in Cambodia. And they have these huge sex shops where they have 200 to 600 girls in them. And I guess these are young teenage girls in these. They're not as young as the ones here in Phnom Penh, but they are very young. 
and the authorities don't want to come in and remove the girls because the men behind these sex shops are very, very powerful. But he did, was doing some undercover work for International Justice Mission, and they have these karaoke bars. How many girls were in the karaoke bars? There's a lot of girls in there, and he said that for one hour, you can do whatever you want with the girls except for have sex with them, and so you molest them in whatever way you want. And they have a, a man there, I guess he's supervising the girls, not to protect the girls, but to make sure they're very aggressive with the clients. He said there's a receipt that he has that a bottle of beer is $4.00. Twelve grapes is five dollars, and being able to molest girls for an hour is three dollars. And so beer and grapes are more valuable than a young girl. Hearing these stories is almost more than I can handle. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The God Solution on KDUR 91.9 and 93.9 FM here in Durango and KDUR.org online. Thanks so much for listening. We're in the middle of a Skype interview with my wife Erin and Laura Crocus who are together in Cambodia with a team of 12 other women reaching out to girls that have been rescued from sex slavery. And as I think about it, my hope would be that this is not very widespread. So what's the reality? How widespread is this problem? Well, in Swipok, the city that we're going to be going to to help in the school tomorrow, there's brothels on every corner full of uh, young eight, nine-year-old girls, and the only reason that foreign men are there is to use these girls. I mean, there's just no other reason that would be there. And even when we're here, you know, in Phnom Penh, all over the place, you just see single guys, foreigners, just by themselves eating. People don't come for the architecture. It's not beautiful here. I mean, it's not like there's a conference or something. So this is not your typical tourist destination in Southeast Asia. There's really only one reason why most men or foreigners come to Phnom Penh or Cambodia. They were saying that most likely, in the village that we're going to, most likely all the girls have at one time been trafficked. All the young girls are being trafficked by their own parents even. If their parents haven't sold them to a brothel, you know, it's just like they're living at home and their their mom sells them to foreigners. There's a story of a girl, her mother imprisoned her for three years. She wasn't allowed to leave her room, and she was brutally raped and tortured multiple times a day by these foreign men. She became a prostitute at the age of 9 to 12 before Agape International Missions rescued her. And after they rescued her, her mom had to go to prison for it. And in Cambodia, the prisoners are allowed to take their children to prison, and her mom took her young brother to prison. And, uh, they don't get enough food and water by, from the Cambodian government, so the U.S. provides the prisoners with a little bit more food and water. But if you have kids in there with you, you get more. You get more. So this mom, who had been selling her daughter, takes the young boy with her so that she can continue to use him in ways that benefit herself. One thing that Agape International Missions does is they do a lot of counseling, a lot of aftercare, but one thing they want to do is take the young girls to see their parents once a month 
healing process, I guess. And so this girl would visit her mom once a month in prison and ask for her brother. And, you know, month after month after month, her mom would refuse to give this girl her brother because she wanted to rescue her brother out of prison. Mm-hmm. That's not a place for a young child to grow up. There's no separation of prisoners, so there's rapists and murderers and just these horrible, horrible people that this boy is exposed to in prison. So this young girl, she becomes a Christian, and she's just praying and living to glorify God. And she graduates sixth grade, which I guess is a really, really big deal in Cambodia. Not many people get any education at all, let alone graduate sixth grade. And she enters into a vocational school, and she works at a cafe here in Phnom Penh that is run by Agape International Mission. And she makes cakes. It's a, yeah, a training center to help these girls provide for themselves in a healthy way. And so not only do they provide aftercare, but they provide training that these girls need to be reintegrated into society. But anyways, this girl has made cakes for the Prime Minister of Cambodia and cakes for the King of Cambodia. So her story is amazing. God has done amazing things in her life. She uses the money after she gets off work to educate the poor kids in her community so that way they have opportunities as well to teach them to read and write and Eventually, I guess now, because she continued to go visit her mother, she got her brother out of prison, and now her brother lives with her. Tell me a little bit about the girls that have been rescued. What are their lives like now? Do they have any hope? Have they been able to experience any healing after they've come out of this type of situation? These girls are full of joy from, you know, they're being rescued, and they're taught about Jesus and the taught the hope that Jesus has for them. And they're just full of joy, but it's just so heartbreaking to think of these girls that are so sweet and full of laughter, also having been traumatized so much and tortured and abused in ways that we wouldn't even want to think about. When you're driving around or even looking around the city here, there's nobody smiling. Unless you smile at them, they'll smile back at you. That will be the only time that you see a smile. But when we went into this home, I've seen more smiles on those girls than I have anywhere else. And it just shows the hope, you know, that Christ gives people. These girls who have endured the most horrific things in their life, yet they are experiencing joy and they're experiencing forgiveness. The girl that Erin was just telling you about would share the gospel with her family. And she told her mom, I forgive you. It's just neat to see them wanting their families. Um, A lot of the girls are this way, where they want their families to know Jesus, and they want their families to experience the same forgiveness and the same hope that they have, because hope is not something that is in this country. The majority of people live in fear, yet it controls everything they do, it seems like. Now, Laura, you're the one that put this team together and organized this trip. What motivated you to do this trip? When you hear stories the videos on agapewebsite.org or on different websites like Love146, and you see these girls telling their stories, it's heartbreaking to not do anything. doesn't seem to be an option. So while we were at a conference, a lady was talking about it and telling another story about this girl that she knew that had been rescued. And after hearing that story, I just thought, man, like, what if we could go? It was just neat to see how... God provided every step of the way. He provided the organization to work with, which happened to be the guy that we're working with. Aaron's dad actually 
knows him. So just so many coincidences brought it together, and God just put it on my heart and asking my husband about it, like, what would he think about letting me go for 10 days while he watches the kids, I thought there'd be absolutely no way that he would be okay with that or want to do that. But he was actually excited about it. So it was neat to see how it all came together. Well, I'm not going to lie. We have a whole new appreciation for our wives now that you've been gone. We miss you guys a ton. It has been hard being without you, but we're so glad that you're there. How has this trip impacted each of you so far? It's overwhelming just thinking of the need that's here to end sexual slavery and slavery in general, but sexual trafficking. It's so overwhelming, I think. You know, it's so hidden and it's so pervasive in this country. It goes to show just how much Jesus is the only hope for this country and for these people, you know. He is the only one that can end this, you know, and... It's overwhelming. It's really overwhelming. I think before seeing videos, I would be overwhelmed with sorrow, but just seeing the girls and seeing that there is hope and that they're out of it, we've got to see them do a little dance to a song about how I'm not ashamed of the gospel and I'm free. It was just amazing. They spend time with the Lord. They read the Bible in the morning um, and the night, and their minds are being transformed. They begin to have a different perception of themselves because when they come in, they just think they're ugly, they think they're worthless, they think that they have no value. But being there and being in God's Word, they begin to feel significant and they begin to see that God does value them and love them. And and that's, that's where they change. That's where they're transformed and they're able to move on in their life. It's when they experience Christ's love in their life. Don was saying that there's some girls that they don't feel loved or they don't understand that transforming love of Christ. And so they go back to a lot of times to prostitution because they don't think they're worthy more. That's the awesome thing about this organization is they do, uh, they continue to follow up with the girls even after they've been reintegrated into the culture again is they'll, they'll follow up with them monthly. And so even if the girl goes back to prostitution, they'll follow up with her in the brothel. And um, it seems like the majority of the time, she comes back to the restoration center and they work with her again that way. So but, yeah, so I think being here is yeah, just experiencing a lot more hope than I thought there would be. Yeah, there's lots of tears, but I think there's a gratefulness to be here. Uh, the, the group of girls, it's very hot, it's very humid. And traffic is crazy, uh-huh. but there has been no complaining. People are just so grateful to get to be here and get to be doing and experiencing what we are. I think it's definitely quite the opportunity. These stories are so tragic. What is the real hope for these girls? Jesus. Yeah, I mean, really, the only the only hope is Christ. I mean, really, because he's the only one that can change them from the inside out. What's happened to them has affected them so emotionally and mentally. Everything they think about themselves is going to affect what they do. So they think of themselves before Christ transforms their mind. They think of themselves as worthless and not of value. Even if they get rescued, they will always go back unless Christ transforms their thinking and they begin 
to realize they have value and they have worth and they're significantly loved and he changes their life. They begin to believe it and they live it out. And we got to meet some girls at the cafe today who were some baristas and who served us our coffee and made these beautiful cupcakes who are alive. They're free and they're transformed by Christ. Yeah. Because he saved them. And he's the only hope for these families, the families that commit these horrible atrocities, you know. He's the only one that can change their heart and their mind in a way where they're not going to use their children in horrible ways. Before we go, I wanted you to tell me a little bit more about Don Brewster and Agape International. Could you tell us a little bit about the ministry that you're working with and all they're doing to rescue these girls and so much more that they're doing? Tell me about them. Don Brewster is amazing. I mean, he is, what he has started here is, I, I've just never, it, it's just so amazing. It's so, it's so thorough, thorough, and uh, well-rounded. And his website is agapewebsite.org, and that talks about the community center, Rahab's house. It talks about the restoration center. It talks about the Lord's gym, all these different ministries that are, are connected. And it tells more stories of girls who have been rescued and talks more about the problem. It's just a really amazing ministry. What would you tell the people that are listening today? That they can do their part to help. There's a big financial need to open up more safe homes for the girls. There's a huge waiting list for a lot of girls that need aftercare and need a place to go where they are safe. A lot of these girls cannot go back to their families, obviously because their families aren't safe, because their families would sell them back into the prostitution. Some of the girls, they, I think their pimps are still looking for them. The security is pretty tight at this place. We weren't allowed to take pictures. You know, we're not allowed to really do a lot of things. They need help. They need a lot of help. But yeah, there's also a huge need to, to pray. Yeah, and to pray for the people working over there, to pray for the girls. Because um, prayer is really the the thing that's going to ultimately change things and and for people to go over there and help. Don Brewster is looking to open up more centers in Siam Reap and in Mumbai in India. How does the West fuel this industry and what can we do to stop it? I think what is fueling this problem is mostly men from Western countries that are into pornography or into sexual perversion. And a lot of times people think that, oh, it's just a little pornography or, you know, it's no big deal. But that is fueling the drive for these men to come over here and commit these horrible atrocities against these young girls. And walking in integrity is so vital to being a part of the solution. It's been great talking to you ladies today. Any last words that you'd like to share with this audience before we close this conversation out? The same hope that we're seeing here in these girls uh, who are in the most horrific, have gone through the most horrific things, is available to everybody, no matter how awful we are. Jesus died for all of us, not just some people. And he made a way through his living the perfect life that we couldn't live. He made a way for us to be forgiven, that if we choose to trust his perfection and what he did on the cross, Instead of our trying to be good enough, um, he, he will forgive us and we'll be able to stand innocent before God instead of guilty. So uh, forever, whoever is listening, 
just know that, that God loves you and he has a plan for your life and wants to forgive you. He's holding out the gift of eternal life, wanting to give it to you. And it's your responsibility if, if you want to receive that, if you're willing to recognize that you're not good enough and if you're willing to receive it and let him forgive you and give him the control of your life. Thanks again for talking. We're so proud of you. Honestly, I am overflowing with joy that you are over there right now doing such an amazing work. And we miss you a ton. Well, we miss you guys too. And we can't wait to get back and see our wonderful husbands and our children as well. Yeah. Be praying for us while we're in Cambodia. And be praying for Agape International Missions. Goodbye, Laura. Thank you for organizing this trip and putting it together. Thanks for all you've done. And goodbye, Aaron, my sweet wife. I love you a ton. We'll talk to you guys later. I can't wait to see you, and I love you a ton. Hearing these stories today has been absolutely gut-wrenching. And at the same time, I am convinced that there is hope and that that hope is found only in Christ. Whoever you are today, whether you've had a background of abuse or not, or even if you've been the perpetrator of abuse, there is hope in Christ. There's forgiveness and healing in Him alone. And I hope that you would come to Him today. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. If you'd like to get some of our previous shows or leave us comments or questions that you'd like discussed on the show, go to eternityimpact.blogspot.com. That's eternityimpact.blogspot.com. And let us know what you think. Thanks for listening to The God Solution. I'm Nate Herbst, and I hope you'll listen again next week. Have a great Sunday. <laughs>